Hey Tim, we're back with another episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox, and it's great to be here today. Yep, a big welcome to each person listening, wherever you are. Thanks for your ministry and leadership in the church, and thanks Dave for being a part of the podcast here. A reminder of our purpose in the Worship Leader Toolbox is to help equip and encourage local church worship leaders, and we upload an episode about twice a month on Thursday mornings. And today our conversation is about incorporating teams is an act of good leadership. I'll definitely have to admit that I have noticed at times a tendency in my own life just to get things done on my own. There can be a lot of resistance to incorporating other people. Sometimes it's the personality of the leader. We may feel bad asking others for something. Sometimes it's a matter of our own time. We just don't have enough time to ask. Sometimes it's a lack of understanding of the role of a church member. Yeah, definitely. Those are all definite things that cause people not to incorporate teams. But the church member one is really important because that's like a a principle that people have to understand if they're leading in the church. The role of a church member, that's not a club there for, you know, people to have their preferences be known and only soak up things as long as it's good for you. Church members really need to be equipped and trained to know that the membership in the church means sacrifice and servanthood. Membership in a church really means responsibility, not privileges. And um, Tom Rainer had a great little book, this tiny little like 80 page book called I am a church member, and he spells all that out, that you can't, uh, you you think of it more like the pastor is a CEO and the church member are employees. Mm-hmm. And that model is a little odd. I don't even know if Tom Rainer was who said that. I think I heard that somewhere else. But but really, you don't join the church as like a country club, like now you have perks. You join it as like, okay, now I'm stepping in to have a role and have a, a responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it's responsibility, not privilege. And if we aren't inviting people to serve, then we're not helping the church grow to its fullest. So that's where this podcast episode comes in. It's a good act of leadership to invite others into ministry. And it isn't easy, but the rewards are definitely worth it. The phrase voluntold comes to mind. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Our scout ministry loves voluntold. They love that phrase. Yeah. (laughs) Say it all the time. Wait, wait, wait. Scout ministry? You You have a scout ministry? Well... The Boy Scouts in our church. Like we, oh, Boy Scouts, we, okay. We, we charter a, a Boy Scout troop, and I know that's been topsy-turvy because the Boy Scouts organization themselves have been like, you know, all over the board lately. But, but yeah, we've had a troop for many, many, many years. So when you said scout ministry, I was not picturing anything to do with an organization of scouting. I was picturing, you know, you've got um, nursing home ministry, you've got... Uh, this and I thought, well, how cool would that be to actually have a team of people that go out and they search for uh, could be could be people to add to the church, people that are need whatever mm-hmm. the thing may be, like a scouting team, yeah, like yeah. like Joshua and Caleb, and that, the yeah, ten spies, yeah, and they go be cool. go do do things. Well, if we ever did a scouting ministry, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's like that's like entrepreneurialish, but I always use that in like you know, let's go scout out this camp like mm-hmm. instead of saying all right everybody we're getting ready to go to this camp sometimes i'll use the phrase i need a few students to go scout it out for next year to yeah. see if everybody wants to go and it's amazing because all of a sudden like everybody signs up for that because yeah. it's like a new adventure that nobody knows adventure and um and then when you also said go look for people that need it uh actually to the day we record recorded this podcast today the other podcast i do called faithful friday came out this morning and it's a podcast i recorded pre-recorded a long time ago and it's the story of the life-saving station. So if anybody would like to, you can log into 
Faithful Friday. It's a five-minute devotion we put out each week, and you can listen to the Life Saving Station. I won't tell the whole story here again, but yeah, it's a, it's a scouting. Mission. That's right. They need to go listen to it. Yeah, then they'll find out. Yeah, the scouting <laughs> ministry. That is hilarious. Nice. A good way to get sidetracked. <laughs> oh yeah, what are we doing? Okay. <laughs> here are some random thoughts to encourage you, the leader, to invite, ask, and otherwise pull people into ministry with you. These thoughts are in random order. Asking others to serve. Yeah, we've got like three sections here. We've got asking others to serve is the first one. And so here's just a few things. And Dave, if you have any reflections on this, feel free to tell me in. But this is just a, a shotgun. One, don't say no for others before asking. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge thing people do. They're yeah. like, well, I don't think they'd be able to do it. They're busy. Yeah. Or I don't think they'd be able to do it. They just got a new job or just had a new baby. Or you need a number of things. Like they just sort of mm-hmm. say no before they even ask. Number two, don't rob people of the joy of using their gifts. Number three, don't make the mistake of thinking you're supposed to do all the ministry because you're like some super gifted specialist type person. Mm-hmm. Number four, people, leaders especially, are going to have to get over the perfectionist tendencies to allow others to begin learning, grow into it. Mm-hmm. So in, in the world of worship ministry, if you've been doing it five or ten years, well, you definitely have you know, experience and skill. Mm-hmm. And somebody else coming in, uh, the phrase comes to mind, don't expect a beginner to be an expert. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't do that. Number five, I actually haven't done this, but I've seen it work in church committee world, set up a small advisory board to work toward and give you confidence to ask others to serve. So when a whole committee gets together and then you approach somebody and say, your name came up in our meeting last night and Ooh. I would like to have you, you know, consider this position. It's kind of like it's, the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it could be, but what, what it way. is, it, it's like, you know, nominating committees in churches. They'll like get together, think of who needs to do it. And all this, asking others to serve, it, it, it definitely takes a front-loaded time investment. But, you know, just like any delegation of responsibility, eventually it'll, it'll save time. Not that that's even the main goal. The main goal is to help people grow in this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so asking others to serve, that is, the, the ask is just not easy for no. most Christian leaders for some reason. And I don't know if it's because we think we got to pay people or what, mm-hmm. but people are in the church to do something, and we need to invite them. We have to ask them. And, and sticking it on the wall during the rotating announcements is not going to do it. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work. Probably a whole sermon series would be helpful to get everybody in the right mindset of like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm here. I'm not just going to sit on this pew. I need to be doing something. I wonder what I can do. Yeah, sermon series help build the culture. But even a preacher at the pulpit saying, will somebody go down and volunteer for this or that? Yeah. It doesn't work. Oh, okay. The only thing that works to pull people in is to stand there, look them in the eyeball, and ask them. <laughs> If you want the people you want, like there are some people who will be like sitting in the pews. They've been at church six years and like nobody does that. I guess I'll do it. And then, you know, they're already doing six ministries and they're getting you mm-hmm. know tired of it and they're just doing it out of duty. That's not fun. You want no, people that are like no. really, really there. And you want them to do the jobs that they are actually wired to do and, and give to yeah. them. I mean, that's, you... the, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, and most loving people in the church will do something even if they're not like, there are some duty roles. Like nobody wants to clean the bathrooms or nobody wants yeah. to, you know, pull all the trash out of the pews after church on Sunday. Somebody's got to do that. And there's some servant hearts that are just willing to do anything just because they love the church. But if you're talking about, you need somebody to stand shoulder to shoulder with you and lead ministry or sing songs or, or, or organize planning center or keep, keep the stage clean. You want somebody that's like, in your texting loop every day, hey, could you help me do this? Could you help me do that? You're going to have to ask them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to grow into that. Yeah. Uh, the next group of questions is, what do we ask? 
Well, this might seem too simple, but basically you ask people to join you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why we have a question mark on the script or anything. Ask people to join you. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it's because that's a question. Um, Ask people to take on responsibility. I think the uh, last episode, if this is the right order when we record this, um, talked about the idea of the e-myth of of creating the work, and then people can respond to the, the created work load as opposed to just, oh, help me do something. And then they say, what can I help you do? And you're like, oh, I have no idea. I'm just overwhelmed. So mm-hmm. you have to organize it so they can take part. And then you can ask people to assist you in roles in which you are weak. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, that's probably a big one for leaders because if you have pride about your weakness and don't mm-hmm. want to show your weakness, uh, that's a really tough one to do. Yeah, I mean, it's also because too often, I think, if we feel like we don't like doing something, mm-hmm. we feel like nobody would. So we like do it like out of a, like a martyr complex, like mm-hmm. uh, somebody's got to just organize the stage and nobody's going to like doing this because I hate doing it. And so who's going to ever want to do this? And then we just don't have, you know, we don't give people a chance and mm-hmm. somebody out there loves it. Yeah. They love behind the scenes. They love doing the computer. They love doing chord charts. One of my worst things, and I don't have to do this very often because I just usually don't, is putting furniture together. Hmm. Somebody buys a new cabinet or a new desk or something. Well, call me. That's my putting favorite. Putting that together. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah, all you, my life I've been doing You that. love to tinker with that stuff. I do. I can't stand it. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll let it sit there for two or three weeks and just somebody will come by and say, what's that? I say, a desk. You want to put it together? And I'll be like, sure. It's like, <laughs> I, I can't remember the last time I actually did one. I just can't stand looking at all those little instructions and whatnot. Yeah, I actually wanted to do that as a job to create those instructions oh. at, at one point. I was looking into that couple of years ago yeah <laughs> that would be hilarious well anyway if you if you if you're thinking about your weaknesses um you know you want to ask people to join you in in helping to round out your own ministry and that's a good place to start like mm-hmm. what do you hate yeah like, when you can you not stand your ministry well somebody loves it and you can ask them to learn it teach them what you know or just have them learn it on their own that's good but anyway another one here is invite people to use their gifts for one-time projects and I don't know if you've had this in life, but if you see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's so easy to say yes. Mm-hmm. Like if you say, could you uh, sing every week for the next 24 months? <laughs> That's like daunting. Nobody, yeah. nobody could say yes to that. Yeah. But if you say, hey, could you paint these three letters black before Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> like nice. It's over. Like they're just, they just know. And, and then they kind of grow into your team. That's good. So, And then, of course, if you have some organization in your life, you can just ask your team to respond to the kinds of things they would love to do. But... Uh, most often the personal invitation is what does it. And if you do have the kind of thought process that tells you, hey, let's get everybody together and ask them all their gifts, then you better utilize those gifts when you get them. And that's a daunting task. If you get an Excel spreadsheet with all your people and all the giftedness, yeah. what do you, I mean, you got to gotta respond to those people. Otherwise, the narrative out there will be, well, I told them I like to bake, but I've never been called. Yeah. So, I mean, like you have to respond to that. So, as a result, I just don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, kind of like crying wolf. If you're like, hey, everybody, tell me what you like to do, and then you don't yeah. ever do it. That's, That's terrible. Yeah. Um, I think getting to know your, your team, getting to know your congregation um, is, is a big part of that. Uh, Real-life example, our sound guy uh, has been at that church. We've only been at that church for five or six months. That sound guy has been at that church for something like 20 years, and huh. – uh, we were all at the pastor's house a couple couple months ago and or a couple weeks ago and uh, sitting around talking and his wife says, "Oh, he plays cello," hmm. and everybody said, what? "What?" What? And so it was maybe a week or two later. He was Sunday morning playing cello and it was wow. amazing. It's, nobody nobody knew. 
And so uh, I think getting to know people was a really good thing to do. Yeah, that's and that, that's that's a huge part of it, and that's also part of you know the the beauty of the church. Even if a church has thousand, two thousand, thirty thousand people, it's still made up of smaller groups. Like no wor- no worship team is, I mean, some worship teams these days are like forty people. Yeah, <laughs> but no worship team is much bigger than that. I mean, like you pretty much know your your crowd. And so, yeah, if you can find out that somebody loves to bake or somebody loves to sing or somebody loves to tinker around with stuff. We have a guy at our church just the other day sent me an email and said, hey, can we get the lift out? Because I'm going to change this and do these things and blah, blah, blah. And is, is the calendar free on this Friday? Because it's always a major ordeal to you know take the gym for, mm-hmm. for the whole day. Mm-hmm. Well, one last one of this second section here is ask people to join you in thinking of new ideas. And that's like a cool thing to do because... If you just ask them to give you ideas, they feel like they're part of it. And sometimes those ideas are what help you learn what they like, and they'll actually attack those ideas. Yeah, if they feel like their thoughts are valued, they're more likely to step up. And they're also probably going to come up with things that they're passionate about, sort of. Yeah. Sometimes they're not. Like one time I stood with a guy, and he's like, we really need to make some little, uh, we need to create some little wood things that are carpeted with the same stage carpet so we can put down in front and hide all these cables. Hmm. That was a great idea, but he wasn't passionate about it, and I wasn't either. So, <laughs> so to this day, you still see cable, not as many as you used to, but you still see cables and stuff because we don't have little prop up things that go in front to hide all the all the cables. So that's just funny. So there are some ideas that don't have action, but any idea is worth sitting around incorporating people into, like encouraging. It's more fun and effective when you have more people thinking. That's good. Yep. <laughs> Well, the third and last section is examples of asking. Well, you just shared one with the cello guy. Mm-hmm. like, And maybe that's not really asking. Maybe his wife just like let the cow out of the bag and that yeah. benefit from talking. It's the benefit of just hanging out together without being on the clock, yeah. so to speak. Like, And you just need those unstructured times so that those kind of conversations can happen. The other example I, I wrote actually in the blog post for today, I may have already talked about because this is so inspiring to me, but... It was um, just a few months back. We were needing to shift the stage to something different, and we weren't sure what to do. We had some stuff up there. We were kind of just thinking about it, and literally sitting around after the rehearsal, about 9.30, 9.45 p.m. on a Wednesday night, took a scratch piece of paper on the soundboard and just drew out an idea of what we could do. And then all of a sudden, um, two of the guys just got excited about that, took it, one ordered stuff from Amazon. One went and bought black boards, painted them, I mean, boards and painted them black. And the end result is our stage currently, which is uh, LED light strips going across the back. And then in the drum, it's it's vertical. And the hmm. on the, each side is horizontal. Hmm. So maybe I'll try to, on the blog post, add an image of that so people can see it. But I know people love to talk about stage stuff. And I've already mentioned a couple times that's not my thing. Yeah, our backstage is like the messy this area ever, and it's partly just my own personality. But the example of asking was, "Hey, what could we do to make this cool back here for the next few months leading up to Easter?" Mm-hmm. And and that little sketch and those people's gifts all matched together, and all of a sudden, boom! It was literally a week and it was done. Yeah, like it was just crazy. That's good. There's one other thing here that I do sometimes. Every time I meet somebody new at our church, I ask them in the process of the conversation, are you a musician? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because I've kind of learned that that question is like, you know, it's so benign. Like either you are or you aren't. Yeah. And if you aren't, you want to be. 
Yeah. And if you are, you kind of have to qualify. Like, oh, I play a little guitar, but I'm not that great. Or, you know, or sometimes you're like, yeah, actually, I play drums. Like, they're shocked that you got to that level so quick because yeah. it's like a, a personal yet non-invasive question. Uh-huh. It's kind of like asking, what was your first car? Like, yeah. people love to talk about their first car. Yeah. So I ask that 100% of every new person I meet in our church. How many people do you think <coughs> respond to that in their head of, oh, no, he's going to ask me to serve? <laughs> well, some people do, but if, if you're really a musician, then right. you're excited about that. Yes, you are. And yeah. if you're if you're kind of a media musician, then you just like to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. And I don't usually say, hey, play next week. I usually just you know, let that kind of ride. Yeah. But sometimes they'll say, well, I do tech stuff. If they ever say that, we I just walk them over to the soundboard, yeah. introduce them to people, <laughs> show them stuff, and just assume that they're going to think it's cool. Yeah. And if they talk the talk, then it doesn't take long for them to like be involved. Nice. And the most recent person to do that with us, I was sitting at breakfast with him during a year ago's Easter sunrise breakfast. So sunrise service, in case you're a listener that doesn't have this type of like flow, we have like the early sunrise service on Easter, and then we have our regular Easter worship. Now I was sitting at breakfast and never met this guy, and he just said he was an IT guy for the local university, hmm. and that he loved sound, and he has been at our church every Wednesday night since. Nice. And he's like the Wednesday night, like sound setup or helper person. Nice. He knows it all. It's unreal. So that's been neat. And it wasn't just. That wasn't because it's a magical question. It's just because it opens doors. I so. bet that applies to a lot of other areas besides music and and tech too. <clears throat> So uh, visiting visiting uh, the shut-ins, uh, I wonder what kind of question you get asked for that. It, th- this is a worship leader to- toolbox. I, uh, I got to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> Why don't you? I know where you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a zillion ways you could talk to people, but you kind of have to have that geographical close connection to some degree. Yeah. Like, if you just put it on Facebook, yeah, you don't, you don't get that kind of response. But well, this blog post I wrote, Dave, basically, I feel like a little bit of imposter because in some ways I'm not an expert on this and it's taken me a long time to get to where I am and there's still a lot of room for improvement, but here are just some of the things for any worship leader out there in sort of a medium to mid-sized, larger church. Here are the things that I have, uh, examples of things that I have invited people to do, put all the lyrics and graphics into the computer. And part of this is kind of forced because I don't have the time during the week. I'm on part-time staff and I lead another ministry. So if somebody else doesn't do it, it's not going to get in there. And we also invite people to operate it for all rehearsals and services in both of our worship spaces and many of our traveling events. And then another one is operate the soundboard for services as well as set up all the stuff in advance. And that's kind of a standard thing for a sound team for a worship band. Lead some songs and lead the whole service at times because I'm not there every Sunday. And so... One of the best ways to grow leadership in your worship team is to just be gone. <laughs> then people have to do it. That's good. And then a couple other ones. Take care of loading all the clacks, clacks, all the tracks and clicks and pads into the workstation. And we use Ableton right now. And I've, I don't even know how to work Ableton. I've never done it. But we use it every week. So it's like if somebody doesn't do that, it's not going to happen. Help come up with new song ideas for worship. And the way I've done that isn't formal. It's just when people send me a link and say we should do this song. I really try to do it, mm-hmm. and I just count on them to think of the new songs. Uh, all the welcoming and greeting and prayers and stuff, we write that out, and we have a whole slew of people that are involved in that, and um, welcome people into worship as a hospitality guest service team at our church. All those people kind of fall under my world in ministry, and and they're all there doing it. 
take care of coffee and all that works on there. And then over on this other side, our, you know, our, our ministry here of blogs and podcasts, the sending of the blog posts and emails and the editing of the blog posts and all that is all done by people that somewhere along the way, I invited them to do it. Mm-hmm. And so far, everything I mentioned in this list is, um, it's not paid people. It's all volunteer people. Uh, maybe there's, there's a little bit of overlap of a few people who earn some money, but for the most part, it's volunteer. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's the little gist. If, if you incorporate people in, then you are definitely leading well. And if you're not incorporating people in, you're trying to do it all by yourself. Yeah. You're not going to get near as far. Well, so. now I'm just picturing you walking up to people on Sunday mornings and say, do you make good coffee? <laughs> Visit the blog on worshipleadertoolbox.com or listen to other episodes of the podcast. We want to be helpful to you. If you have a question, please email me, dave at worshipleadertoolbox.com, and we would love to cover a topic on the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. See you next time.